Are you worried that the president is preparing to order the firing of Mueller? If he tried to do that, that would be the beginning of the end of his presidency. <sighs> Isn't Senator Lindsey Graham darling? Just darling. I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Up in Oregon on KYAQ on the Central Coast, Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI. Got some good news for Pennsylvania today. In uh, Maui, Hawaii on KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, they're about to have another nor'easter. In Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KO, uh, KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe on the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel every day, on Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, and many other fine affiliates, both terrestrial and extraterrestrial? No, internet-based. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today and on another crazy, busy news day. That, uh, we, we don't have any days that are no longer crazy, busy news days anymore, do we, Desi Doyle? No, we do not. That time has passed. It has passed, at least for now. I'd like it to come back soon. Until then, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed 335 points down on Monday which at least CNBC attributes to uh, Facebook dragging tech stocks lower. This after revolution, revolutions, revelations regarding Cambridge Analytica's abuse of Facebook data in the 2016 election and in the uh, Brexit election in the EU. Britain's Channel 4 is unveiling new undercover tapes showing top executives at Trump election consultants Cambridge Analytica saying that they used bribes and sex workers to entrap politicians around the world. That's just in, and we ain't got no time to cover it. Imagine that. We'll let everyone else do that for now. Uh, But on Friday's show, we had observed uh, that nobody had yet uh, been fired that day by the Trump administration, and both Desi Doyen, our producer, and myself found that to be unusual on Friday. Well, sure. With all the talk that, uh, let's see, who had gone la- just last week alone, uh, Rex Tillerson, Gary Cohen, et cetera, et cetera. But, of course, we also noted that the day was still young on <laughs> Friday when we said as much. Yeah. And sure enough... 
An hour or so after we got off the air, another axe had fallen. FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe was fired just two days before he was to become eligible for a lifetime pension. After 21 years of working for the FBI. So does Trump's recent firing spree and his uh, whacked out weekend tweets attacking special counsel Robert Mueller, amongst others. I'll try to get to some of that in a little bit. Does uh, all of this signal that he's feeling emboldened now enough to remove special counsel Robert Mueller from the Russia Trump investigation very soon? And if so, if he does, if he does fire Mueller somehow, what, if anything, will Republicans in Congress do in response? Anything? And for that matter, what will the people of the U.S. do in response? Anything? I hope to talk about all of that shortly, and I would love your calls on the matter. Uh, will, Will Donald Trump fire Robert Mueller? Are we there again? Is there anything or anybody who would stop him at this point? Our phone number, if you're uh, listening live, is 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. That's our phone number, as a matter of fact, even if you're listening dead. But 818-985-5735, if you want to get in line to talk about that, would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, on that issue. But first, some very good news today for voters in Pennsylvania and, frankly, all over the country. Uh, A panel of judges in Pennsylvania on Monday, all three of them Republican appointees, by the way, refused to block the uh, Pennsylvania, uh, the state's new congressional district map from taking effect, rejecting the Republican arguments that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overstepped its authority in issuing new voting lines in February. We've been uh, covering this, the gerrymandered state of, uh, of Pennsylvania and the state Supreme Court's move to change that in time for the 2018 election. So far, it's the only state that will be changed in time that this horrible gerrymandering that's uh, partisan gerrymandering that's in place. Um, the other cases where they found similar... Uh, North Carolina, Texas, um, Wisconsin, those uh, states are likely to stay gerrymandered because the Supreme Court is uh, there's a decision pending on that from the state. I'm sorry, from the U.S. Supreme Court. But in uh, in Pennsylvania, we have this good news. Now, um, that state Supreme Court had determined that Republicans, the other decisions were federal courts, federal cases. This is the state Supreme Court, and they have determined that Republicans unlawfully gerrymandered that state's congressional U.S. House districts back in 2011 following the 2010 census. They did so on a partisan basis that violated the state's constitution. So this was a state ruling, a state decision. That unlawful uh, gerrymandering has assured 13 Republican seats in the U.S. House, to the Democrats, five over the last three U.S. House elections, even though the state is pretty much a 50-50 state in general. Democrats actually uh, outnumber Republicans as far as voter registration goes by about a million voters. But it's generally a 50-50 state. But because of this uh, gerrymandering by the Republicans, they've kept this 13 to 5 advantage in the U.S. House in Pennsylvania. 
The new districts implemented by the state's high court after the Republican state assembly failed to come up with uh, uh, court-ordered fair districts, Uh, even the new districts will still, in theory, give the GOP a 10 to 8 advantage over the Democrats, in theory. Though last week's apparent victory by Democrat Connor Lamb in the uh, in that special U.S. House race last Tuesday in a district that Donald Trump had won in 2016 by nearly 20 points. Well, that may suggest that all bets are now off at this point in the Keystone State. But Republicans are really unhappy because they have now only a 10 to 8 advantage as far as uh, uh, voters uh the advantage of Republicans over Democrats in uh, in the state. So Monday's federal court ruling, these three judges on the uh, federal uh, panel, that was a clear victory now for Democrats hoping to defeat Republicans uh, in November's midterm elections this this November. Uh, that came just 24 hours before candidates for the U.S. House must file petitions to secure spots on this fall's ballot in Pennsylvania, that federal court ruling. Eight Republican congressmen, two Republican state legislators had sued in response to the new maps that uh, the state Supreme Court issued in February, arguing that only lawmakers, not the courts, have the legal power to create voting districts. That has been rejected by the federal court now. So a three-judge panel in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the state capitol, dismissed that lawsuit on Monday. Uh, And state Republicans have also filed a separate legal challenge to those new maps with the U.S. Supreme Court, where Justice Sam Alito, who hears emergency appeals from Pennsylvania, had previously rejected a similar petition in February. So now, with that good news for voters about the uh, federal court panel, just a few hours after that ruling, guess what? The U.S. Supreme Court has now uh, rung in yet again in response to that separate suit. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to step in and block a new congressional district map in Pennsylvania on Monday, once again rebuking Republicans who are fighting hard to preserve their 2011 plan that has given the party a considerable electoral advantage. But uh, it looks like they've got nowhere else to go. So uh, this is a huge defeat for Republicans. It means that elections are likely to occur in November with House districts that are much more competitive. And uh, as noted, this is the second time around, second time in about a month that the high court has declined to take up the uh, GOP's objection there. That's the U.S. Supreme Court, the stolen, the Republican stolen U.S. Supreme Court saying, nope, not going to do it. Uh, The uh, request was referred to the full court, apparently, and there were no noted dissents in this. So um, independent analysts say that the new map is going to boost Democratic chances in one third of the state's 18 seats, which Republicans have dominated since the uh, since the old lines took effect back in 2011. And the map drawn by the state Supreme Court is believed to uh, potentially allow Democrats to gain an additional three to four seats in Congress just based on uh, recent voting patterns and registration numbers, not taking into account the apparent blue wave that is now building against 
Donald Trump and the Republicans this year, at least believed to be building against them, according to recent elections over the past year, in which Democrats have taken dozens of long-held seats from Republicans in deep red districts all across the country. All told, Democrats need to flip 23 seats nationwide to capture control of the U.S. House this November amidst this national emergency that I believe we are now in. Uh, And so this is uh, no doubt going to help. Um, Speaking of which, Tuesday is primary day in the great state of Illinois for those crucial upcoming 2018 elections, which, of course, will be the first real chance by we the people to directly respond to our, our ongoing national emergency. There are a number of closely watched statewide races in uh, in Illinois in these primaries, as uh, as well as for the U.S. House on Tuesday. For example, the Democratic primary race for the U.S. House in Illinois' third congressional district, where we have a seven-term conservative, anti-choice, blue dog Democrat by the name of Dan Lipinski. He's been there since, I think, uh, 2000, 2005, something like that. He inherited his father's seat before him. He's a far right-wing Democrat, really a Republican, but with a D by his name. He's facing his first real primary challenge from a real progressive Democrat, Marie uh, uh, Newman, on Tuesday. Lipinski has been hostile to gay rights. He's voted against Democratic priorities again and again over the years. Uh, voted against the DREAM Act, uh, voted against Obamacare, voted against Planned Parenthood funding. That in what is considered to be an otherwise very Democratic district in Illinois on the south side of Chicago. And yet we've got this uh, far right wing Democrat in there for year after year after year. And now he's facing a challenge. The race is believed to be in a statistical tie with Lipinski seen as up still by just a couple of points, but well within the polling margin of error and uh, with the momentum clearly at Newman's back here. um, Many voters uh, believed uh, to be still undecided on the eve of this primary, but Newman uh, had been trailing by double digits just a few months back. Lipinski was going to run away with this until someone stepped up here and is giving him a real fight. That has all now changed now. So we'll see. Whoever wins Tuesday's Democratic primary in that contest is thought to be a lock in the general election in November. So, yes, this is an important race on Tuesday. Whoever wins, essentially, whoever wins the Democratic primary is going to Congress. Uh, That's the theory anyway. Hillary Clinton carried this district by 15 points And Republicans, for their part, are set to nominate an actual neo-Nazi to run in this race against whoever wins on Tuesday. Literally, a proud Holocaust denier, anti-Semite, a white nationalist, uh, a guy who makes no bones about it. His name is Arthur Jones. He's going to be the Republican candidate. GOP leaders have uh, said they've disavowed, uh, disavowed him, but they have failed to come up with anybody. They haven't, couldn't recruit anybody. Any, uh, they couldn't recruit any non-Nazi candidates to run against this Nazi in Illinois. So, uh, by the way, Illinois now allows for same-day registration at the polling place. So you got no excuses, Illinois voters. Get out there. Make your voice heard this year. 
I should say probably no excuses. In fact, uh, Illinois state election officials are reportedly beefing up cyber defenses and said to be scanning for possible intrusions into voting systems and voter registration rolls. Two years ago, Illinois was the lone state known known to have had its state election system breached in a hacking effort that ultimately is said to have targeted 21 states, at least according to DHS officials, who have been somewhat less than forthcoming on these points. And state election officials from California's uh, Secretary of State to the head of Wisconsin's State Election Commission, they have all challenged the DHS assertions on this point. Nonetheless, hackers believed to be connected to Russia are said to have penetrated the Illinois state voter rolls back in 2016, viewing the data of some 76,000 voters Although officials say there's no indication that any information was changed during that 2016 breach. Since then, Illinois election officials have added firewalls, installed software designed to prevent intrusions. According to AP, they've shifted staffing to focus on threats. The state has been receiving regular cyber scans from the federal government to identify potential weak spots and has asked the U.S. Department of Homeland Security To conduct a comprehensive risk assessment, that assessment is uh, scheduled, but it will not happen before Tuesday's second in the nation primary, according to AP. No rush, no rush. Federal intelligence agencies determined that the attempted hacking of state, uh, state election systems in 2016 primarily targeted voter registration systems, not actual voting machines or vote tallying. That's what federal intelligence officials say, though, as we have been continuously reporting on this show, trying to make people notice since 2016, since the election, there is actually no evidence that the Department of Homeland Security or anybody else has actually checked the voting machines. They talk about voter registration rolls, but there's no evidence that anybody actually did a forensic examination of the voting systems or of the computer tabulation systems. That was confirmed by DHS Deputy Secretary Jeanette Manfra, and I guess we have to play it again. we got that standing by. Jeanette Manfra, she conceded as much during questioning by... Democratic Senator Ron Wyden last year during a hearing in the Senate Intelligence Committee last June. Has the department conducted any kind of post-election forensics on the voting machines that were used in 2016? We have not. Our department has not conducted forensics on specific voting machines. So there you go. They haven't done it. Their department has any other department. If any other department has, we don't know about it. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt when you hear that they uh, that someone tried to breach U.S. uh, voter registration systems. Also, take it with a grain of salt when they say, but they didn't try to get into voting systems or computer tabulation systems. Of course, gaining access to electronic voter rolls can do as much damage to election results, given that hackers have the ability to change names, change addresses, polling places, confusion and long lines and delays in reporting election results, 
uh, will follow if that happens, all of which undermines both confidence in and the results of our elections. Cybersecurity experts have long said that it's crucial for states to shore up vulnerabilities in those systems now. But, you know, unless you got paper ballots hand marked by actual human beings and hand counted by actual human beings, there's really no way to protect against this. As we have been saying on this show and on Bradblog.com for about 15 years now, uh, J. Alex Holderman, director of University of Michigan Center for Computer Security and, Sci- and Security and Society, who has hacked just about all of these systems. We've had him on the show a number of times over the years. He said many of the same weaknesses that were present in 2016 still remain. He said, I think it's only a matter of time before we suffer a devastating attack on our election systems unless our federal and state governments act quickly, which, of course, they won't. Only a matter of time, of course, uh, unless we have already suffered a devastating attack, but haven't bothered to check because we don't. We just don't bother. It's why I continue to argue that we need to get it right on election night. You can't say, oh, we got paper ballots. We'll go check them later. No, because as we've seen, we don't. We didn't check them later after 2016. We haven't checked the voting system since 2016 to see if there was any uh, manipulation or breaches of any sort. So we need to get it right on election night with hand-marked paper ballots at the precinct, hand-counted by human beings with all parties and the public watching, results reported at each precinct before ballots are moved anywhere. It's what I like to call democracy's gold standard. I'm open to other ideas if you got them, but in 15 years, I haven't been able to find any of them, any anything that would give the public assurance that our election results as reported are correct. The chief concern, uh, according to AP, now surrounding voter registration systems and the growing use of electronic poll books to check in voters at polling places is how they interact with other Internet connected systems. Yes, we now use electronic poll books because the electronic uh, voting and tabulation was so going so well. We're ne- we've now uh, computerized our poll books, allowing polling place workers to verify a person's registration and related information electronically rather than having to rely on large paper files. The downside, of course, is that the e-poll books... Uh, Those use networks to connect to voter registration systems, and that provides a potential opening for hackers. So we've opened up another potential avenue for hackers. Larry Norden uh, is quoted by uh, AP. He's uh, Larry's an expert in elections technologies with the Brennan Center for Justice at NYU. He said the network connections of e-poll book systems make voter registration systems more vulnerable to hacking than voting machines which are not directly connected to the Internet, according to Associated Press. That's not true. Uh, I'm not I'm not at all sure that Norton is right about dismissing the dangers to the actual voting systems and tabulation systems, because all of them are actually, yes, connected to the Internet. In one form or another, despite claims by folks like Norton and other Democrats who are inaccurately uh, claiming otherwise, All of these systems are connected at some point to the Internet. That's how they are programmed. They take computers, program these memory cards. These computers are attached to the Internet. 
These memory cards can therefore be infected at that time before they are stuck into the voting systems, the voting tabulators, etc. Nonetheless, as I often say, uh, despite the concerns, if you don't bother to vote, the, uh, the bad guys, whoever they may be, don't have to worry about stealing your vote. You're giving it to them for free. So, hey, Illinois, uh, get out there and vote on Tuesday, please. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break here. And uh, on Friday, as I said, shortly after we got off the air, it was announced that Attorney General Jeff Sessions had fired Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe, who had uh, long been targeted by Donald Trump. Uh, he was fired just two days before his retirement was to become official, along with his government pension after 21 years of service. Trump had long targeted McCabe, a Republican, by the way, because his wife ran uh, for a state office some years ago as a Democrat in Virginia, where she received funding from then Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe's political action campaign. McAuliffe is a close ally to the Clinton family. So Donald Trump sees a huge conspiracy. But, of course, most folks acknowledge that Trump's targeting uh, McCabe because he was one of the people who FBI director James Comey had shared memos with concerning Comey's meetings with uh, with the president back when Trump was trying to get Comey to back off the Russia investigation and off of his probe of then uh, National Security Advisor Mike Flynn now indicted and having pled guilty. Uh, Mike Flynn. So does this and much more suggest that Donald Trump is now uh, readying a move on special counsel Robert Mueller, preparing to fire him somehow? And if so, what will Congress and perhaps more to the point that what will the people of the U.S. do about it, if anything? I'd love to hear from you about that. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. We are taking your calls on that. Hey, the, the TV pundits, they get to speculate. So why don't you? Today you do. Uh, 818-985-5735. Where are we going here? How does this end? What the hell will happen when and if it does? I would say when it does, but we'll see. Your calls on that and more next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Donald Trump's firing spree continues on Friday. Attorney General Jeff Sessions fired FBI Deputy Director and former acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe. Uh, he was acting FBI Director for a few weeks, actually a few months after Donald Trump had fired FBI Director Jim Comey. McCabe was fired two days shy of the time when he would have been eligible for his pension. 
That and uh, Trump's uh, triumphant tweet after the firing uh, tweets, I should say, have all added to the speculation that that he is Trump is feeling emboldened and could turn to moving to fire special counsel Robert Mueller as the Trump investigation appears to be getting closer and closer to the president himself. And particularly questions about his uh, dealings, his business dealings with Russia. Dan Dale, the uh, D.C. Bureau Chief for Toronto Star, uh, tweeted, How do people think, one, congressional Republicans, and two, the country will react if Trump fires Mueller? I'd love your answers to those questions as well. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Along with, do you think Trump will have the courage to fire Special Counsel Robert Mueller in the first place. I've got more on uh, on McCabe's firing I want to get to in a second, but let me uh, get a quick call or two here if we could. Uh, hey, Mike, Mike in Los Angeles. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad and Desi. Yeah, uh, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm on a ready, uh, rapid response uh, list for people who will be in the street yeah. if uh, Mueller is fired. But what struck me today is that... Who's going to be... How, how many people are on that list, Mike? Who's going to be in the streets? I, I don't know. It's on a on an Internet uh, contact uh, basis, so mm-hmm. I don't know how many others will be there. But we already have our designated spots to assemble and protest. Okay. I'm going to go out there, wear my trunk mask, and uh, take the female St. Bernard in a dress with the Miss America sash, and my sign is going to say... Screw you, America. You're my bitch. Okay. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Whether that's going to make any damn difference, I don't know. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Oh, did we lose Julie? I was going to... Oh, Julie, call back if you want. Um, Former CIA Director John Brennan slammed President Donald Trump on Saturday for firing Andrew McCabe just days before being eligible for a lifetime pension, suggesting that the president is a demagogue headed for the dustbin of history. McCabe, uh, he's the former acting FBI director, fired on Friday night after a DOJ inspector general's report that has yet to be released to the public reportedly questions whether uh, whether McCabe was truthful with federal investigators regarding the FBI's probe into whether Hillary Clinton improperly used her personal email server to send classified documents. The probe concluded, uh, by the way, that she did not, but McCabe was fired just two days before he would have been eligible for a lifetime pension. The attorney general said that the reports concluded, the reports that we have not been able to see, concluded that McCabe made an unauthorized disclosure to the media and that he lacked candor, including under oath, on multiple occasions. Sessions also said that McCabe was fired after a fair and, quote, fair and extensive investigation. After the news on Friday night, Trump tweeted, Quote, Andrew McCabe fired, all caps, a great day for the hardworking men and women of the FBI, a great day for democracy. He added, sanctimonious James Comey was his boss and made McCabe look like a choir boy. He knew all about the lies and corruption going on at the highest levels of the FBI, says Donald Trump. On Saturday afternoon, Trump tweeted, Uh, Quote, as the House Intelligence Committee has concluded, 
The Republican House Intelligence Committee has concluded there was no collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. Actually, they said they found no evidence of collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. The Democrats on that committee feel otherwise. They're about to put out their own report. Uh, of course, most of the, uh, the the hearings in the House Intelligence Committee were done behind closed doors. So who knows? Who knows? We're not allowed to see the evidence. Uh, Trump went on to say, uh, as many are now finding out, however, there was a treme- there was tremendous leaking, lying and corruption at the highest levels of the FBI, justice and state. He adds hashtag drain the swamp. Um, OK, what was that? Tremendous lying and corruption at the highest levels of the FBI, justice and state, because I have yet to see the evidence for it. John Brennan, uh, the CIA director under Barack Obama, he replied to Trump's tweets with his own tweet in response, quote, when the full extent of your venality, moral turpitude and political corruption becomes known, tweeted Brennan, you will take your rightful place as a disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history. Brennan added, you may scapegoat Andy McCabe, but you will not destroy America. America will triumph over you. Um, Okay, will we? I'm not so sure. (laughs) I'm not so sure of that. Of course, there was a lot of people saying that uh, uh, Hillary Clinton would triumph over Donald Trump back in the 2016 election, back when I was saying, um, yeah, will she? I'm not so sure about that. So uh, I don't know if we will triumph. That's what I'd love to discuss with you. If you want to give me a call uh, with your thoughts on this, 818-985-5735. Is this all just setting up to, um, to fire Robert Mueller? And what happens when that happens? McCabe, who served as the FBI's acting director after Trump fired uh, Comey back in uh, 20, in May of 2017, said that his dismissal on Friday is, quote, part of a larger effort not just to slander me personally, but to taint the FBI, to taint law enforcement and intelligence profi- professionals more generally. He said it is part of this administration's ongoing war on the FBI and the efforts of the special counsel investigation. He said in uh, in his statement, he said, for the last year and a half, my family and I have been targets of an unrelenting assault on our reputation and my service to the country. He continued, the president's tweets have amplified and exacerbated it all. He called for my firing. He called for me to be stripped of my pension after more than 20 years of service. And now he has been. McCabe went on to charge that Trump was simply trying to damage him as a witness in the obstruction of justice case that is reportedly being built by uh, by Robert Mueller against Trump for the firing of James Comey. Comey himself had shared memos about his private meetings with uh, with the president. Uh, He had shared those memos with uh, McCabe and others while at the bureau. Donald Trump continued his tweet uh, rampage on Saturday. He said the fake news is beside themselves that McCabe was caught, called out and fired. 
How many hundreds of thousands was given to his wife's campaign by crooked Hillary friend Terry McAuliffe, who was also under investigation? He was. How many lies, Donald Trump said, how many leaks? Comey knew it all and also much more. Um, Donald Trump reportedly also uh, said to McCabe, uh, how does it feel to have a loser for a wife? That in response to uh, the fact that uh, uh, his wife lost that 2015 race. For his part, Jim Comey, who, like McCabe, is also a Republican. By the way, these are all Republicans. James Comey, Andrew McCabe. Uh, he shot back at Trump in a statement responding to McCabe's firing. He said, uh, Mr. President, the American people will hear my story very soon and they can judge for themselves who is honorable and who is not. That appears to be a reference to Comey's upcoming memoirs. A Higher Loyalty is the name of the book, expected to be published in April. Comey was fired by Trump last May. The president initially cited Comey's handling of the probe into Democratic rival Hillary Clinton's emails. But then he later told NBC, uh, NBC's Lester Holt that he was uh, thinking of, uh, of this Russia thing when he fired Comey. Others in Congress, Democrats at least, had uh, another response to the firing of McCabe. They offered him a job to help him complete the two more days of government service that he would have needed to receive his pension. Democratic Minnesota Congressman, uh, Congressman Tim Waltz, the highest ranking enlisted soldier to serve in Congress, offered FBI Director Deputy Director Andrew McCabe a temporary job so that he could uh, keep his pension. He tweeted on Saturday that this reckless attitude towards Americans' lives and careers is exactly why this man, Donald Trump, should not be president. Mr. McCabe, he wrote, if you need a federal job for a few days, give me a call. We value servant leadership around here. Congressman Waltz is a retired command sergeant major in the uh, in the Army National Guard, a position that he held when he was first sworn into Congress back in 2007. That makes him the highest ranking enlisted soldier ever to serve in Congress, by the way. Uh, Wisconsin Democratic uh, Congressman uh, Mark Pocan also made an offer of employment to McCabe once he uh, confirmed that uh, one that he confirmed he was serious about. He said, my offer of employment to Mr. McCabe is a legitimate offer to work on election security. Other Democratic lawmakers have extended similar offers to McCabe. As uh, Trump and his Republican allies have targeted McCabe with a concentrated smear campaign in recent months, and Trump had even reportedly demanded to know how McCabe had voted in the 2016 election after he became acting FBI director. He was asked directly by the president, at least according to McCabe, uh, something that uh, Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal called powerful evidence of obstruction of justice by Donald Trump. Uh, let me take uh, your calls on this. 818-985-5735. I've got more, but uh, I know you guys want to ring in. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to uh, Rick in North Hollywood. Hey, Rick, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad, how's it going? Uh, you know, you tell me. Well, you know better than most that these uh, voting machines were originally built to be rigged, right? 
Um, says you. I'm not going to say that. I know that they can be I very, mean, very easily okay. rigged. Whether they were Every built for election, that, I'll let other people decide. Every election since then has been some kind of problem, you know? Yep. And this one, there's been internal problems, right? Before they even dragged the Russians in. And and this Mueller guy's been after these people for a year, and they managed to get, like, uh, these Russians that put up ads to confuse us dumb Americans because we can't decide what's fake or not, you know? So they got to protect us by censoring the Internet now. <laughs> I, and, I, I, think uh, you're, I, I think you're being sarcastic. Am I right, Rick? Well, yeah, in a sense, yes. Yeah. I think this thing is doing more damage than good. I mean, I don't. I hate Trump, but I'm not really a big fan of the FBI either. You look at their track record, and uh, what the hell, man? Well, Half it's it's not a question. Running or spooks this year. Well, They're CIA. Okay, Rick. Uh, whether you like the FBI or not doesn't actually matter. Surely you have concerns about the rule of law. Surely you have concerns about obstructing uh, obstructing justice, obstructing an FBI investigation, as Donald Trump Donald Trump is clearly doing here. No. I don't see it that way. The guy had a year. What did he come up with? I mean, everybody could be indicted for um, corruption in this government. And Trump, no doubt, has lots of corruption. You know, that would be a good thing to go after, I guess, but they should have done it already. Well, that's what they're doing. What do you mean they should have done it already? That's what they were doing when uh, when James Comey was uh, investigating the president before the election. Okay. They're Uh, trying to drag Russia into it. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I... personally agree so far based on the evidence that they are overplaying their hand on Russia that has nothing to do with corruption even if they are by the way overplaying their hand uh, on Russia you cannot obstruct justice that's against the law you have no concern with that Rick uh, do I have concern with obstructing justice? Hell yeah, man. But there's been so much justice obstructed and ignored right. that this is peanuts compared to okay. like what the DNC did to, to Bernie. Uh, well, uh, I don't think this is anywhere close to what the DNC did for Bernie against Bernie it's when not. they favor. It's not anywhere close. No, th- 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 no, I should say I don't believe what the DNC did to Bernie is anywhere close to what is being investigated by the special counsel who has already uh, received, uh, what, how many, four different guilty pleas, has removed a guy who was being paid while he was working as the national uh, uh, security advisor to the president of the United States, the top security official for the president. The guy was getting paid money from a foreign country, and he didn't report it. And uh, Mueller has now got a guilty plea from that guy, has indicted that guy. The fact, Rick, that that doesn't bother you, it seemingly... Uh, it actually bothers me, but anyway, Rick, I do appreciate How the call. Yeah. Get paid off by foreign countries, all kinds of people. What yeah, the hell, you're right. So let's let them all it's work at the White House. Everybody's trying to start a war with right now. So yeah. I'm like worried about nuclear bombs more than I am about uh, lying. Mueller. Oh, Mueller is lying. What did Mueller lie well, he about? He was Rick? lying when he told us all about the uh, WMDs back when he was working for the Bush administration and pushing that whole thing. All right, got us into this mess we're in right now in the first place. All right, I appreciate that call, Rick, and I don't uh, disagree with you as far as my concerns about uh, nuclear weapons and Donald Trump's potential use of them. We talk about that quite a bit on this show. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven. Three five is our phone number. Let's go to uh, Mick in North Hollywood. Hey, Mick, welcome to the broadcast. Oh yeah, hi. How are you? I'm all right. 
Okay. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to tell you directly that uh, you know I, I I agree with you that uh, you know Trump could do, but Trump we really should care about the rule of law, whether we care about the FBI or what our opinions are. Yes. There should be a rule of law. Yes. That's, that's number one. And number two. Yes. Uh, Trump could get away with anything. Uh, he said that he could murder somebody in Manhattan. They'd still vote for him. Yep. So the one-third, you know, which I always talk, tell friends of mine, this is the last of the uh, straight old white people, you know, it's like a rattlesnake. You know, the rattlesnake's most dangerous is when you're starting to cut their head off. Yep, you know? yep, and that's, so, yeah. And this is what they're doing. So, you know, uh, Trump is going to, I have a real, like you said, I had a real feeling that he's probably going to try to fire Mueller and get away with it. Yep, I do, too. And I don't know that the American people are going to stand up and do a damn thing about it. I certainly don't think that the Republicans are going to do anything about it. Appreciate the call, Mick. Okay. Uh, thanks, man. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, here's just one of the reasons why I don't think Republicans are going to do anything about it. Attorney General Jeff Sessions had recused himself from any investigations regarding the election, uh, the, the, either of the campaigns. Uh, either the Hillary Clinton campaign or the Clinton Foundation or the Trump campaign. He had recused himself. He said it under oath to uh, Senator Chuck Grassley, who asked him specifically about that during hearings back in. Uh, let's see. This was during his confirmation hearing in January of 2017. He said uh, in response to a question about Grassley, who was asking him whether, uh, you know, given the comments that uh, Jeff Sessions had made, as a, uh, a, a campaign, a Trump campaign official, uh, whether he could be objective in uh, any investigation. And uh, Sessions said, well, with regard to Secretary Clinton, some of the comments I made, I do not believe that that could I, I do believe that that could place my objectivity in question. I believe the proper thing for me to do would be to recuse myself from any questions involving those kind of investigations that involve Secretary Clinton and that were raised during the campaign or to be otherwise connected to it. Grassley said in response, to be very clear, Mr. Sessions, you intend to recuse yourself from both the Clinton email investigation and any matters Involving the Clinton Foundation, if there are any, Sessions said yes. So why the hell was Jeff Sessions allowed to fire Andrew McCabe over actions that he purportedly took in regard to the Clinton investigation before the election? So, you know, and, and where where's the Republican outrage about it? They're pretending that they're going to be outraged as soon as Donald Trump fires Robert Mueller? They're not going to be outraged about it. They're going to find an excuse to do nothing. And uh, I suspect the American people are pretty busy and they might not be able to do much of anything either. Uh, let me I know the phone lines are filling up here uh, and let me oh, let's, let's do one more here before we go. Uh, ba, 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 three. Uh, there we go. Line three. Mark in Sherman Oaks. Hey, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, do I have him? Do I have? All right. We will. There we go. Hey, Mark. Okay, I was going to go to a break. Good afternoon. Thank yeah, you. The question was, uh, if we're going to triumph, uh, we liberal and progressive people will not triumph over the new country that we're dealing with. This Donald Trump will triumph with America. It's a new country. It's not. It did not come up uh, last year when he got elected. It was there. It needed some kind of explosive, which he is. 
And think about it. Man, maybe it only at 35 or 40%. It's still a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's a problem of society. I was just watching the Kennedy on TV, whatever. And, oh, my God, they were far from being perfect. We know the politics and the father and all that stuff. We know. But there was some kind of aura, some kind of beauty from another era, from another country. I look at that. I say, it's only 60 years old. It's like from another planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what and, you mean. And, and no, we will not triumph. I'm telling you. Well, uh, I, We I, have to move to Norway. <laughs> I hear you, Mark, I, and I hope you are totally wrong. Thanks for that I call, man. Too. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope we will triumph somehow. That's what elections are for. That's why we uh, cover them so closely here. All right, we'll come back with more of your calls. 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. As uh, Donald Trump's firing spree continues, uh, will he fire Robert Mueller? I think he's feeling emboldened, and I think he's going to very soon. Uh, After his uh, tweet storm over the weekend about the firing of McCabe, his first time attacks on Robert Mueller by name on Twitter, uh, Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy uh, was asked about all of this and asked about the um, uh, Trump's uh, attorney, John Dowd, who said, I pray that Robert Mueller ends his investigation. He was uh, Trey Gowdy, who ran the Benghazi hearings in the uh, U.S. House. He was asked about it on uh, on Sunday on on Fox News Sunday. To suggest that Mueller should shut down and that all he is looking at is collusion, if you have an innocent client, Mr. Dowd, act like it. Russia attacked our country. Let special counsel Mueller figure that out. And if you believe, as we found, there's no evidence of collusion, you should want special counsel Mueller to take all the time and have all the independence he needs to do his job. So in theory, uh, you know, there's this idea that there will be this uh, constitutional crisis. There will be a firestorm in Washington, as uh, Politico reports it, uh, if Mueller is uh, if Mueller is fired. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, South Carolina's Republican Senator Lindsey Graham was one of very, very few Republicans 
to appear over the weekend on uh, on the shows uh, when he was asked about this. Uh, here's what he said to CNN's uh, Jake Tapper on Sunday. If he tried to do that, that would be the beginning and the end of his presidency because we're a rule of law nation. He is following the evidence where it takes him, and I think it's very important he be allowed to do his job without interference. And there are many Republicans who share my view. He says there's many Republicans who share his view. I'm not so sure. If there are, they sure as hell weren't speaking up. They aren't speaking up about this president. Uh, 818-985-5735. Let's go to Jason in Long Beach. Hey, Jason, welcome to the broadcast. What's up, Brad? Love your show. Thank you, Uh, sir. My comment was um, at the beginning of all this investigation, almost every Republican interviewed or asked under Congress, they denied having any interaction with them when they're on video there's video you know there's tapes there's photos everybody was talking to russians for any of them to say i don't remember i deny it i didn't talk to anybody and now they're saying oh quit the investigation yeah this is going on i i mean how can you see all that and not smell something <laughs> well listen uh you, you can smell something that's of course different than actually there being something but when you smell something you investigate and if there's nothing there then the investigation finds nothing so why they're so concerned why they're working so hard to exactly. obstruct this investigation that's, that's another point. matter yep. like if, if if there's nothing wrong if there was no collusion if there was no obstruction yep. then what is the panic everywhere and what is the denial and what is the firing of everybody? Yeah. To me, it's just it's, it's just guilt yep. everywhere. Guilt, 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 guilt. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that call. Thank you, Jason. Let me go to uh, Michelle in Los Angeles. Uh, hey, Michelle, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Michelle. Oh, shoot. She was going to, and someone else to disagree with me, who I always like. Oh, well, call back, Michelle, if you like. Uh, let me go to uh, Kenny in Los Angeles. Hey, Kenny, welcome to the broadcast. Brad, my man, um, I think you hit it right on the head. What a lot of people are missing is Mueller is taking his time to dot his I's and cross his T's. And if you look at all the people around Trump that's pretty much for for legal and other reasons left, they were all money men. So Mueller is going to follow that money mm-hmm. and it right to Trump. And every time he gets a little closer, Trump tries to get rid of whoever is next. Yep. That's going to lead him closer to the money. But sooner or later, it's going to knock on his door. And once that comes out, it will be as plain as the nose on everyone's face that Trump was dealing with the Russians because he was broke and he needed money. And he did like most people in his position. He got the money from them. The Russians did like they always do. They had a, funny to say, a Trump card. And they played it. And they played it accordingly. And all the people around him, you can see it. They're all money men. Yeah. They're all money launderers or money or money men that had Eastern connections. They had connections with the Kremlin and it goes all the way back. And I strongly believe that is where the, um, the, the, the real evidence will lie. And I think it's a disgrace. And from a patriotic perspective, lastly, that the Republicans know this is the case. They know this is what they are looking at, but yet they don't want they don't want to do what's right. And it really gives a distaste for our elected officials. And I'm saying that in just being from a patriotic 
perspective, mm-hmm. not putting in party allegiance yeah. or anything. It's just bad for our country. Yeah, of course. And, and thanks, Kenny. I, I appreciate your thoughts. And uh, listen, I agree with you. If there is nothing there, if Donald Trump uh, did nothing wrong with uh, receiving money from the East uh, th- through loans or whatever, then there's really nothing to worry about here. And by the way, uh, someone had uh, caller earlier had said, well, they haven't come up with anything. A, yes, they have come up with things. Uh, and B, just a little reminder, the Ken Starr investigation of Bill Clinton that led to Bill Clinton's impeachment went on for five years. Uh, Robert Mueller has been on this for, I don't know, uh, six, seven months. And if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. So let's find out. If there's nothing there, what you so afraid of, Mr. President? Uh, do I have? OK, let me see if I can get through a few more here. A lot of people want to ring in uh, very short responses, if you don't mind. John in Koreatown. Welcome to the broadcast, John. Very quickly. Hello there. Yeah, um, I think where the problem is here is that Mueller is a, is, is a Hillary show. I mean, he, it, he, I call it the Clinton Bush family. Right. But the. So Republic. So you're saying, wait a minute, hang on, John. John, you're saying Republican Robert Mueller is shilling for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she's deep state. Okay. So it doesn't matter which party at that point. Right. But uh, what? What's? But he helped cover up nine one uh, the Saudi involvement nine one one, and he's uh, he 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 basically what they're afraid of, what Trump is afraid of. Yeah. Is not is not the Russian thing. He's involved in other stuff, but but that's not fair. If you're going to talk about the rule of law, let's go back to Bush. Let's go back to Kennedy. Well, let's go let's back go to John. Back John. To John. All, all right, and, John. Uh, let's go back to Bush. Loose cannon. Okay. Thanks, John. You know? We'll go back to Bush and Kennedy next week if we can. But I got to get out. I'm at the top of the hour, so it's got to be very quick. Do I have time for Mike? And uh, Mike, can you do it in 15 seconds? And Nancy, hang on. I, I can do it. I can do it super quick. First, I just want to say I would vote for you guys in 2020 if you and Desi Doyen were to run. <laughs> and if you didn't, I'd write your name in. But really quick, I want to say the answer to all of this here is in the future is we need to take back our elections back to a paper ballot. When we turned our elections to these computerized ballots, we literally gave the keys to our kingdom to the highest bidder who would pay enough, who would be unscrupulous enough, and who would literally steal an election at the highest cost. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, Nancy, I'm sorry I couldn't get to you, but I know you wanted to call in to remind us that the March for Our Lives is on Sunday, March 24. No doubt we will be talking about that on future broadcasts tomorrow and the day after and the day after. So thanks to everyone who called in. Sorry I couldn't get to everyone. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board op today, D'Angelo Jones, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. That's it. Until we meet again, which I hope will be tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.